Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on! Get in! Well, it's noon here in Ventnor, New Jersey, and in Bethesda, Maryland, and this is news that you can use from CarEdge with your hosts, Zach and Ray. I apologize for the momentary delay, but the, the, the appliance company was here to try and deliver a refrigerator that they were told they couldn't show up at this hour. So what do you think? After, after 50... 55 or 56 weeks what time do they show up showtime ladies and gentlemen (laughs) incredible man all right let's jump right into it dad gm earnings they just came out and honestly i think they've shocked everyone reason being dad gm's profits surged up 15 percent. they made two billion dollars revenue up 28 percent. they made they brought in 43.1 billion dollars in 2022 The reason they've shocked the industry, Dad, is it is more proof, whoops, more proof that automakers can jack up the prices of their vehicles, constrict supply, do whatever the hell they want. And you know what? They're finding ways to make more money than ever before. That's a lot of profit. That's a lot of revenue. This is incredible to see and truly a foreshadow to, I think, the future of the auto industry. They're just going to try and make as much money building as expensive vehicles as they possibly can. There's the key, building as expensive vehicles as they possibly can. When you looked, and yesterday we talked about it, when you look at the average transaction prices from General Motors, from from their brands, it is obvious that they have no interest in serving less affluent people in this country. Okay? So, So they're all taking their chips and they're sticking their chips in their high profit margin vehicles, okay? And it's to hell with middle America, um, uh, lower end America. If if you don't have the money to buy one of our cars, oh well, buy it used, okay? We're not necessarily interested in selling it to you as a new car, and we're just going to reap the profits. Uh, people that are in the lower economic st- uh, status and middle income people, they are finding it more and more difficult to participate mm-hmm. in new car sales. And General Motors, they don't mind. They're making more money than they've ever made. So, And yeah. Dad, one of the reasons they're making more money, not only are they producing the more expensive vehicles, They've also significantly, I'll make this chart bigger for you, they've significantly decreased the amount of incentives they're spending. So the amount that they're having to incentivize consumers to purchase vehicles has gone down significantly. GM, again, drastically reduced incentives in Q4 2022. GM spent an average of $1,337 per vehicle in incentives during the fourth quarter, according to Cox Automotive Calculations. That was down 30% from the year before and down slightly from the $1,353 the quarter before. Look at this chart, Dad. I mean, even on Cadillacs, the incentives are only $2,000. It used to be $8,000, folks, is what you would get in incentives on a Cadillac. Look at Buick, Dad. Buick incentives are near $1,000. Used to be you could get six dollars to $7,000 in incentives. Chevrolet, down near $1,000. Used to be you'd get $5,000 off. GMC, used to be that you'd get $6,000 off. Now you get $1,000. 
that is significant savings for the OEM. And there is no indication that they're ever going to move back to, to, to over here, except except for the off chance that they accidentally overproduce vehicles again and end up with a lot of inventory, which it looks like they could do. They very well yes. could do. And, and if you were to <clears throat> ask me, I will tell you that I think that, as we know, inventory levels are increasing. And they're increasing at Ford, Stellantis brands, GM brands. And if the contraction in sales, if the contraction in people within the market who can actively afford to buy those cars continues to go down as inventories continue to go up, I seriously think that we are about to see all these manufacturers improve and and increase their incentive spend. It's the only way they know how to compete. And they will. They always revert to what they know best. It's human nature. Change is hard. COVID forced change because of yep. chip shortages. As the chip shortage rebounds, as inventories rebound, they will revert to what they know. Okay, and what they know is to overproduce and incentivize the sale of their vehicles. That, I believe, is coming. Now, what I also believe is coming is that hmm. um, General Motors, for their electric vehicles, is going to have to follow in the footsteps of Tesla and Ford and lower some of the prices on their more expensive vehicles. So, yep. It wouldn't shock me to see General Motors, especially with the type of income that they have, to um, underwrite the sale of EVs moving forward from the profits of their um, ICE vehicles. And obviously, they made enough money to be able to do that moving forward. Truly astounding numbers. And honestly, their expectation for 2023 is they're going to make significantly more. So it seems like they found a new business model and one that they think they can, uh, you know, leverage into 2023 and beyond. And quite frankly, so long as people keep buying cars at these crazy prices, they will. They'll make a ton of money. I think the reality is that as you continue to see interest rates go up, you continue to see uh, financial hardship for folks. They're probably not going to be spending $52,000 on an average GM purchase. Now, other GM news, Dad. We yes. covered a story just the other day, as did many others, and with good reason. Yes. GM voided the warranty of a Cadillac Escalade V owner who refinanced their loan. Good news on this front, Dad. We had the warranty reinstated by General Motors. I was very pleased to see this, weren't you? Yes, absolutely. And I must tell you, in the comments yesterday, so many people said, well, there's a lien on the vehicle. The bank owns the vehicle. Absolutely not. The bank has a security interest in the vehicle. The purchaser owns the vehicle. Okay. The purchaser in most states will not get the title until they've satisfied the loan requirements, but they are still the owner. The bank is not. Okay. It's, it's the bank. The customer has a a contractual responsibility to make the payments. If they do not, the bank has the option to take possession of that collateral away from the owner. In the, the only case where the bank owns it 
is a lease because they're the ones who bought it. Okay, and and the, at that point, the the customer is just renting the vehicle from the bank. If you are making payments on a car loan, you are not renting the vehicle. You are <laughs> you are in a contractual obligation with the bank to pay that loan. But the bank doesn't own it. So if somebody refinances a vehicle and there's a mm -hmm. new title issued showing a change in the lien holder, that's a change in the lien holder. It's not that it's not a change in the owner. Um, so please, folks, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, the bank has a, has an interest in it. Yes, the, the bank in many, many states has possession of that title that they will not relinquish until that loan has been satisfied. But they own the loan. They don't own the vehicle. I just needed to say that because I couldn't I couldn't put that in all the comments yesterday. <laughs> you couldn't reply to every single one with exactly that. No, it makes plenty of sense, Pops. And it is this story, by the way, was one that didn't make sense, or at least common sense would have uh, you know, dictated that that the warranty would have remained intact. And here you go. It just took a couple days of some pressure, a few videos, a few tweets. Steve Lato made a video about it. There you go. Yes. So fortunately, that owner is no longer looking at unwarranted uh, repair bills when in reality they didn't do anything to void their warranty gm came to the, to the right conclusion there yeah, gm came to their senses is what they did they they saw the error of their ways and they corrected it um the sad reality is, is it should not have taken 10 days in order to correct it but thankfully they corrected it they did ultimately the right thing now, Dad, another automaker who competes with General Motors frequently, that would be Toyota. They have been in the news recently, and we haven't really covered the stories, but we should. One thing that everyone needs to be aware of is the CEO of Toyota is changing. The head of their Lexus division is taking over as the chief executive officer. And, Dad, mm -hmm. there's other news from Toyota. They are going all in on their hybrid approach, maybe. Yes. It seems like every other week we get a new headline from Toyota about how they're approaching electric vehicles this one dad in automotive news toyota to ev only extremists science says you're wrong toyota cites new facts and figures to back up its claim that a multi-pronged approach to blending evs with hybrids and other green technologies will do more good in the global battle to cap carbon dioxide emissions toyota has oscillated back and forth mm -hmm. going all in on evs saying they're all in on hybrids going all in on evs going all in on hybrid they're all in on hybrids i think that's the that's our stance and that's what we're thinking and I don't know that they ever were all in on the EVs. They, they took a lot of heat because a lot of commentators out there suggested that they were dragging their feet um, yeah. on EVs. And I think they were really evaluating how you can have a, a, a successful EV business with all the challenges out there. And the challenges are the lithium that's needed for batteries. And I, from what I remember reading, um, yep. Toyota has invested more in trying to come up with solid state batteries that wouldn't require the lithium um, because that's where they think the battery future is because lithium is in short supply. And, and if you read the article, they said, you know, you can build a battery plant in, in like two to three years. The problem is it takes about 16 years to develop the mine to mine the lithium. 
And yep. Yep. if there's already a shortage of lithium, then you're never their their thinking is well if there's a shortage of lithium let's figure out how we can take the limited amount of lithium we can get and put it in as many vehicles as we can um, and not necessarily make them all battery electric so that we can have a greater impact on the emissions um, and so their thinking is that if they can take the limited amount of lithium and put it into more hybrids that ultimately that is better for um, the environment than all gas or all electric. I think it's this. I think it's what Aaron's saying. Toyota is all in on selling whatever their customers want right now. It's, it's plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. And also Trinoculus has it right too. Toyota has the best hybrid system in the game. So no wonder they're going to be leaning into that, just like we've seen other automakers figure out, hey, this is where our most profitable vehicles are. Let's lean into making those. I think that's what we're seeing, Dad. Well, I, I think I think that's a big part of it. They've done more to develop hybrids than anybody, and they have done more uh, to make hybrids acceptable to the public than anybody. But yeah. I, I think they they also realized the approach that most manufacturers are taking with the limited amount of materials available is not necessarily sustainable to hit the goals that they've all set. Um, now, if you read the article, Toyota's not saying that they don't want to be all electric at some point. They are. They're thinking they want to be all electric by, I believe it was 2040. You know, where everybody else is throwing this uh, pie in the sky number of 2030 up in the air. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think maybe it's me. And, and, mm. and, but I, I just think that they, they realize that it's going to take longer than what everybody else would like to believe it is. I think they're being more realistic than the other manufacturers, at least they're being more risk realistic in how they're communicating it to the public. Whereas most of the men, Oh yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be all electric by 2030. Uh, no, you're not. Okay. The world's not prepared for that. The United States. Right, yeah. The United States certainly isn't prepared for that. Um, so I, I just think they're being much more realistic. And, I think you know, you're probably right. And Toyota has a track record of being run by incredible executives and being pragmatic and building a, a, a business that'll last likely in perpetuity. And so I think you're probably onto something there. Hey, can I pull up an interesting comment from the chat here? This, this just caught yes. my eye. Yeah. From Jock. Yeah. I placed a build order for a 2024-2500 HD Silverado yesterday, Chevy. Uh-huh. The rep informed me Chevy may start the build without the cost being determined. I am obligated to buy or forfeit 20% of the deposit. Wow. Have you ever heard of this, Dad? And what's your rate? What's your take on this? Uh, I have. Well, I know when, when you know, I was at the mini store, the Audi store, the BMW store for the group that I worked with. If we ordered a vehicle for you and you didn't take it and, and we ordered specifically to, for for you and build it to your specifications, your deposit was non-refundable. But you knew that going in. Um, you also knew what the cost of it. <laughs> you also knew the cost of it at the time that you placed the order. Um, so this aspect of it, where hey, you can order it, we're going to take a deposit. Uh, you can only get. Uh, 
80% of that deposit back if you cancel once you find out how much the damn thing's going to yeah, cost. Yeah, exactly. Once you find um, out how much it's going to cost, that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, that that part of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. That doesn't seem to be uh, fair to the consumer. Um, you know, and, and the whole concept should be how can we do this so that it it doesn't hurt either party? And until you know what the cost is, what are you what are you asking the customer to buy? And that's and, exactly and, what was going through my head. What are you putting yeah. a deposit down for? A variable priced product? Like I and, would and, never put that deposit down. Yeah, and what if it turns out once it is determined how much the cost is going to be, that that cost is not affordable for you. And you didn't know that when you placed the order because they couldn't tell you how much it was going to be. So you're going to lose 20% of your deposit because they couldn't tell you how much it was going to be and that how much it's going to be is, is not really affordable for you to buy it. Um, I think I've said this before. Um, what this country lacks is common sense. And, and, and the problem with common sense is that, well, it's just not all that common. If you go to a dealership and this is what they're pitching to you, uh, our recommendation would be to, to postpone, to wait. I mean, Jack, super curious to better understand if you went through with it and what your thinking was. But that just sounds like you've lost all leverage in any type of negotiation and you don't even know what you're paying for. It's very challenging to get me on the side of, yeah, you know what? I'll do that. I'll pull that trigger. I'll sign my name on that. No. What if it comes back and it's a hundred thousand dollar truck because they optioned it? I mean, that's scary, honestly. Yes, yes. You know, it's like telling somebody that goes to a home builder, and and the home builder says, "Hey, you know, we'll build you the house. You can put down the deposit. We're going to need a fifty thousand dollar deposit. Hey, if you don't buy the house, we're keeping we're keeping um, twenty thousand <laughs> of it or or ten thousand of it. Ten thousand, um, yeah." Oh, uh, and oh, I can't tell you what the house is going to be, but three quarters yeah. of the way through construction, you get a call from the home builder. says, oh, by the way, your house is going to be one point two five million. You know, <laughs> and the guy thought he was signing up for a half a million dollar home. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless you are affluent enough that you can afford flushing away ten thousand dollars, which I can't relate to um, yeah. more power to you. But I can't relate to that. So I'm going to say avoid it now, Pops. Can we switch gears real quick? Of course. Really? You, you gotta, gotta be, be kidding, kidding me. me. We are starting 2023 off with a bang and not really a good bang. We have more quality control issues over at Ford, Dad. This is not yeah. a recall yet, but NHTSA has opened a probe into nearly 1.9 million Ford Explorers after reports of the windshield, windshield trim detaching. NHTSA's Office of Defects Investigation said it has received 164 complaints on 2011 to 2019 models. We didn't even cover it on the show the other day, Dad. There's another open recall affecting, what is it, like 450,000 Ford vehicles? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just Ford is, for us, Ford is the gift that just keeps on giving. Um, it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um you know, okay, the trim pieces could come off. Why would they come off? I don't know, because the glue they used wasn't strong enough. Uh, I mean, here's what's happened, Dad. It's, it's, it's documented in the article. Some of the complaints allege that, quote, the driver of the vehicle following behind the subject Ford vehicle allegedly was startled when the trim piece hit the windshield and momentarily <laughs> lost control of the vehicle. Yeah, that would startle the hell out of me. You know, I mean, why wouldn't it startle you? 
What is job number one at Ford, Dad? It ain't quality. <laughs> it really isn't. Again, it's yeah. like starting 2023. And what was the other one? Let me pull it up actually really quickly because there was another Ford recall. I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I put it, right. it in yesterday's show topics. So if you go to show topics, you can probably find it. I got it, it right here. It's, yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah, this was 462,000 here. I'll pull it up on the screen so we can all look. 462,000 crossovers globally for faulty rear view cameras. Ford told U.S. auto safety regulators it is aware of 17 minor accidents allegedly resulting from the defect as of November 30th. There were over 2,000 warranty claims of a blue image in the rear camera display. So it's not it, it it's across the board with them. It's the tech. It's the um, glue. It's whatever yeah. you want it to be. I mean, yeah. Everything with these vehicles, you have issues. It's really hard to get behind the idea of pitching someone on a $66,000 Ford F-150 when this is what happens. And, and you know, let's not forget that um, backup cameras that display on your somewhere on your dashboard, the manufacturers aren't doing that out of the kindness no. of their heart. That's mandated by the federal government. Okay, I mean, once somebody developed it and the federal government saw it and said, oh, th 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 this could really provide um, the, the driver with additional information that could prevent accidents. Well, you know, that technology has been around for, what, 10 years, maybe more? Um, yep. You would think at a certain point that they should have been able to perfect it, um, but apparently they have not. Um and it it just speaks volumes as to why every well why last year Ford uh, led the industry with sixty five recalls for the year sixty five that's more than one a week folks um, you know <laughs> you and, know when and, you put it that way <laughs> yeah so it it's like it's it, it, it's like as a salesperson. When you're delivering that new Ford to your customer, you walk them over to service and you say, I'd like to introduce you to Matt. He's going to be your service advisor. There's a likelihood you may be seeing him on a weekly basis. So you might want to get friendly with, with Matt. He can show you where all the good beverages and good coffees are for when you're here for your recalls. Um they, they need to do something about that. They need to do better, Dad. It's not, it's not, it can't just keep being lip service. And obviously, the challenge that they're going to face is every single vehicle that, that rolls off the production line before they've, whatever, whatever they've done, before they fired the executive who was in charge of it, or before they changed the procedure, or before all those things have already happened. The vehicles on the road, we're going to see more and more recalls, especially vehicles that were produced in 2020, 2021, 2022, during the midst, in the midst of the production mm -hmm. crunch. The recall story with Ford will be one that goes into the 2030s because it's already, you know, all these vehicles that are on the road. Hopefully, some of these changes they've made will materially impact their business in the 2030s because they put the right people in the right places. They updated the processes and systems, but it's not like it's going to happen anytime soon. We're going to see more stories like this all year long, unfortunately. And and these are the same people who 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 came to the conclusion that the way they should deal with it is they should pay more attention to social media to see what consumers are saying, what issues they're having with their vehicle. I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't you be better off just, I don't know, fixing the problem before it becomes a problem? Um, it's like the tech company stuff. Like I'm always talking to our team. I'm like, just ship it and let's figure out what happens. Yes. 
I'm not saying that that's acceptable when it's tech, but it's it. You've got a better chance. Like we can revert something very quickly. Like if we put something out and it's a bug, we can we can we can roll it back. Yes. If Ford ships a vehicle and there's an issue, they can't just deploy new code and it's fixed. No, like they're gonna have to go repair all these windshield glue. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, I don't know how it makes sense, man. Yeah, and and I I gotta believe that it would be a tad bit startling when a piece of trim flies off the car in front of you and smacks your windshield or dents your car. Uh, you know who's paying for that? Especially if if you know you're just gonna write for and say, "Hey, I was driving behind this Ford Explorer and a piece of trim came off and dented my car. Fix it, please." Really? Prove it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. All right, Pops, yeah. we had a contribution come in from Ranger One. Will you Thank do a show you. on new and used Jeep sales? Cherokee, WKNL. We probably won't do a dedicated show on any particular vehicle. However, next month, uh, within the next two weeks or so, we should be getting new uh, new car inventory data from Cox Automotive. So we'll definitely be talking about that. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be talking about used car market update. And so we can definitely talk about Jeep there. In general... We are yeah. seeing across Stellantis products more negotiability on the new car side because they're one of the few automakers that has a ton. Most automakers have a lot. They have a yes. ton of inventory. Yes. I'm not sure about used prices on, on a Cherokee, but I would imagine they are more negotiable as well. But I don't quote me on that. I would I would encourage you to work with the coaches back at CarEdge.com on that front. Absolutely. All right, Pops, I got one other thing that I think is worth bringing to your attention. Maybe we'll talk more about it tomorrow as well. We have... The LIFO tax bill being reintroduced in Congress. This tax bill, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is essentially an accounting mechanism that dealerships use to maximize their profits. Uh, It's the last in, first out is how they uh, handle their inventory. But as a result, or how they handle the bookkeeping of their inventory. Yes. As a result of the inventory crunch, uh, it's ending up in a situation where dealers are not able to use LIFO, which means that they're paying a more significant tax bill. This bill was introduced last year by Representatives Dan Kildee of Michigan and Jody Arrington of Texas. And it was um, essentially, I don't want to call it like putting a moratorium, but it was it was helping the dealerships enable a continued tax incentive through mm-hmm. their accounting practices. And it, it didn't pass last year. Now it's being reintroduced again this year. You and I have talked about it, Dad. Dealers are definitely going to be feeling the pain this year. I wonder if their lobbying efforts are going to pay off this year and they'll get some sort of tax break, tax incentive, so that they're able to make the most of a down year. That's that, It surprised me when I saw this, but honestly, I thought about it more and it didn't surprise me too much. Well, and, you know, this is something that's been around for a very, very long time. And so for it to just suddenly end... Um, you know that that can create issues. And businesses are set up in certain manners, and and uh, um, accounting purposes are set up in certain manners to take advantage of whatever the the laws mm-hmm. and regulations are at the time. And so, for to change suddenly, that that can create issues. Now, I'm not I'm not saying it should or shouldn't. I'm not an accountant. I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Um, but I, I would imagine it, it, it reflects a significant savings um, in taxes for most or many dealerships. 
here, here I can, I, the article gets into it. Let me, let me pull it up on the screen so that we all have a mutual understanding. Businesses on LIFO, a tax deferment strategy used by about half the nation's new vehicle dealerships must maintain a sufficient level of inventory at year end to avoid triggering a potentially large income tax bill. The production issues related to COVID-19 and the chip shortage greatly reduced the flow of new vehicles to dealership lots and curtailed inventories starting in 2020 and worsening in 2021. That made the long deferred income suddenly taxable at federal and state levels. For some dealers, the LIFO recapture has led to additional tax payments from $100,000 to $2 million or more during the 2022 filing season that covered the 2021 Tax returns, NADA, which has been lobbying Congress and the Biden administration for LIFO relief on behalf of new car dealers, told Automotive News in December it will work with lawmakers who supported last year's bill to, quote, build on our momentum and have the legislation as soon as possible. So we're talking about, again, dealerships who made record profits, but they use a tax deferment strategy to make those record profits. Well, now when the system breaks down because of what happened, now they're looking for, I'm not calling it a bailout but they're just looking for a little help. They're looking for a little well, help to make sure that extra million doesn't go to, to Uncle Sam. Well, they're, they're trying to retain as much of those record profits um, as they possibly can and pay less taxes on them. Uh, I, believe- I agree with this sentiment that companies making record profits don't need tax breaks, but that's just my, my two cents. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I believe that figuring out ways to pay less in taxes is the American way, damn it. That's I mean, true. yeah, that that is, you know, the whole concept of tax collection in this country is, well, let's figure out how <laughs> we what we need to do to minimize how much we have to pay. Um, and so it's just it's it's almost like sport. OK, this is like a sporting event between Congress and automobile dealers and and businesses that use LIFO, um, you, you know it's it's this is this is what makes America great is that is that we instead of simplifying things, we make things more complicated so we can find the little nuances within legislation that allows us to pay less in taxes than what was necessarily intended. Uh, it's it's hey. the great great American way. Final story for today's show. I want to give a shout out to the original YouTuber who talked about cars, talks about cars, Doug DeMuro, dad. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. He started, you know who Doug DeMuro is. He started a website called Cars and Bids. And yeah. this just came out yesterday. There he is. Pretty, pretty looking face. Yeah. Um, this just came out yesterday, dad. They raised $37 million. Wow. Their website. What is going on on your end? I hear noises. I think they're doing construction on my neighbor's apartment. <laughs> well, we'll call it a show here in just a second, but congratulations to Doug DeMuro and his team. They just brought in $37 million from the Churnin Group so that they can continue to build out carsandbids.com. I don't know about you, Pops, but I would love to have someone like Doug and, and others on the show. would love to interview them, give them the platform to talk about what they're building. Okay, we got to end the show, man. You know, and, I, and, and, it's, and it's not like I didn't tell the guys working on that condo, hey, I do a live show <laughs> from noon to 1245, damn it. And he said, oh, thanks for telling me. We'll make sure to take a lunch break at that hour. Apparently not. <laughs> all right gang we'll be back tomorrow Gosh. what time pops uh 
uh, noon or somewhere around noon, and I'll have my jackhammer with me. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go tit for tat with the guy next door. <laughs> I love you, man. We'll be back at noon tomorrow. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, I thought I heard. Thank you, guys, for being here. CarEdge.com. That's where all of our stuff is. Dad, thanks for your time, as always. Thank you, handsome. I love you as well. We'll see you all back here tomorrow at noon eastern nine pacific with more news that you can use from courage thanks everybody for being here and putting up with all this nonsense we'll see you tomorrow join us again next time which is probably tomorrow to get the news you can use from yaa yaa is your trusted source for all things auto thanks for listening see See you soon. soon